Thank you all for tuning in. This is Selena and Iman. Together we make you plus happy. Each week we bring you someone who challenges us to define success and happiness on our own terms with a dose of laughter. Remember to like and subscribe at You Plus Happy Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at You Plus Happy. Hey, Selena. Hi. Hey. It's been a long oh. It has been a while. I'm happy to be back. Me too. I'm so happy. Yes. You did a little hiatus. But how was your time off? Oh, the hiatus. <laughs> um it's been really good you know what it was the summer things were kind of open so it was good um um but the recently I was thinking you know you have to fight for happiness one day I was like upset so I tried all this different stuff I we mentioned a little bit of this in the show today but I was trying to have a dance party I was listening to Beyonce I was doing this that it wasn't working I went for a jog nothing worked and I went down my happy list. I was like, something has to get here. So I called a friend and they talked me off the, the proverbial ledge, not the real one. So I, um, and it was very, very helpful. And in those moments, it was just a good reminder. Like we have people in our corner and it, remember to reach out. I know we mm -hmm. don't want to be like Debbie Downers, but I really needed uh, my friend's help at that time. And so I had to fight for it because I was sinking lower and lower. Like, you know, you have one thought and then it's like a domino effect. Next thing you know, like my life is crap. <laughs> like, so I had to like really turn it around and take responsibility for my happiness. Yeah. So just fight for it. You plus happy. Hey, what yeah. about you, Iman? You're feeling better now. Yes. Um, but life comes at you fast sometimes. Yeah. Things happen. Okay. We, we all know that now. <laughs> um, what about you in our little hiatus? Um, I feel like a lot has happened, right. but <laughs> I guess the thing that <laughs> sticks out the most, which you are, I've already told you, but um, I will be, I made the decision to stay in Australia longer and I've gotten my visa um, extend it at my job. So I'm excited about that, to have that option. I was um, <laughs> coming up to my two-year mark of having to come back home and make that decision. And there's still so much I want to see and do and people I want to visit. Um, so I'm going to stay a bit longer. I haven't decided how long, but I have at least two years that I can stay. I feel like enough is enough. You've seen it. You've seen it. You saw Australia. It's over. <laughs> I haven't though. It has seven, seven states and I've only been to three. Still so much I need to explore. I'm over it. <laughs> and I <laughs> and don't you want to come visit? What? And you want to come visit, right? I want to be here long enough for people to come visit and I can show well, them. I don't know how long that's going to be, honey. I... <laughs> we could all visit together because you know you can, and you know the layout of the land. <laughs> we allowed you to go and now it's over. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll be here for at least another year and a half. Probably. trying to fake being happy for you now I got to call another friend to deal with you staying in Australia <laughs> just kidding I'm glad you made a decision and I hope it makes you happy at least because it doesn't make anyone else happy over here in the states talk about supportive friends gee <laughs> <laughs> honest friends I'm sorry I miss you I haven't seen you in person you could be a robot or something at this point <laughs> yes that's likely <laughs> I do miss you and I miss being home in LA, but yeah, there's so still a lot. Still you're over me. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, I am happy for you. <laughs> so everyone that's watching can see <laughs> Selena's facial expressions. <laughs> I was happy at first, but now it's like, come on. I've been through so much <laughs> in these last two years. 
<laughs> we all have sick of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'll deal with it just like I did before. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> who do we have on the show this week? All right, so this week we have Melita Wilson on the show. Melita is a 32-year-old social worker from California. She was born in San Francisco Bay Area and relocated to LA at 18 for college. She attended California State Polytech University in Pomona and obtained her bachelor's in behavioral science before completing her master's in social work at the University of Southern California. Melita has had several positions within social work, including a mental health therapist, child protection practitioner. She is currently living in Victoria, Australia. She's out here with me and making her international dreams come true. Melita is all about positivity and good vibes, which is something we all need in the world today. Sending love and light. Welcome, Melita. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. This is my friend Selena. Selena's Melita. Hi, nice, nice to meet Melita. you. Nice to meet you. I heard so much about you. So I, was nice gonna, to I was gonna say the same thing. All good oh. things. Oh my god, you as well. And I'm so like, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on because I've been a fan since you started, and it's just such a cool like piece to be a part of this now. This podcast. What an awesome thing you guys are doing. Thanks, girl. You look cute. Oh, thank you, girl. <laughs> All right, so just the first question is, how did you get started with social work? Um, how did I get started with social work? So this was kind of like a long time coming. Um, back when I was in high school, um, I had an interest for um, autism and working with people with autism. And I, I had a neighbor who was autistic and it, like just speaking with him and learning about him was a bit interesting to me. So I found my way into um, working with young people um, with uh, developmental delays and special needs um, and specific, uh, specifying in uh, autism. And um, so that was like my early days of just kind of being in a helping profession. I think I always wanted, knew I wanted to be in a helping profession. And just uh, when I was in my undergraduate university at uh, Cal Poly Pomona, I was working within the Violence Prevention and Women's Resource Center, which was like a rape crisis center on campus. So starting to learn about um, women's, uh, like the specific issues uh, ma mainly facing women, um, domestic violence and things like that, even within a college campus setting. And so I got interested in that. And I started to find that a lot of the things that I was interested in working with uh, underdeveloped populations, working with women, working with um, people of color, were all falling within uh, this idea of social work. Um, I was majoring in behavioral sciences at Cal Poly Pomona. And so I was thinking, okay, am I going to do psychology? But part of that was also part of that major was also working in sociology it was kind of a mix. And so um, I decided I wanted to go more into social work, uh, because it was really encompassing all the things that I wanted to do and I had interest for. And um, I'm so blessed that social work is so diverse. You can do so many things with that same uh, like degree or um, career path. Um, it, you could do a million things being a social worker. So I really feel like I found the, the right career path for me. And um, my interests are still changing and evolving to this day, but I still feel like I could still find something within social work to make it work. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens next within it, but I really do love social work. I love that. It's crazy. I, this is a little bit of a side note, but I'm like, I love this platform because I'm like, I've known you for almost two years now. And I didn't know that was how you got into the field. So it's, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's like, it's important you made a point of like, it's so diverse, social work is so diverse. And I didn't know that. When I think of social workers, I mean, I guess it shows like how small my like perspective is. I only think about schools and kids and like, you know. Yeah, when I was doing school, um, within school at uh, University of Southern California, I was really targeting like uh, clinical social work and mental health. And that's still something where I think my heart really lies and my passion really lies. Um, so I was um, 
you know, working to be a licensed clinical social worker, things like that. Um, but here now I'm working in such a different field, such a different capacity of social work. And I think a lot of people, I'm a child protection social worker now. And um, I think a lot of people think that that's all social workers do is what is child protection. Um, and I know that when I was, um, you know, starting to learn about the field of social work long ago, I was shocked to find out. I was like, wait, you guys do more than just child protection or um, Department of Child and Family Services, I think it's called in, um, in uh, California. And so um, I, I'm really lucky. We all are lucky in social work that you can change up your, your target or, or your, your interest and in what you want to do so often within the field. Yeah. Um, was there ever a turning point where you realized you needed to take a different path uh, than what was expected of you? I know it's. Um, I I would say this most recent journey that I've been on, um, that Iman is on with me, has um, been kind of a turning point because um, I, throughout, especially like my later 20s, I was starting to travel more and have a passion for travel. And um, you know, I was working as a social worker, as a mental health clinician within LA. And so um, just kind of figuring my way with that, but also wanting to see the world, wanting to travel more. And of course you can make it work with both people, work their jobs and wherever they are and travel the world. But then this opportunity presented itself to work in uh, Australia. And it was to work in Australia as a social worker. However, as a child protection social worker, which was never really the kind of social worker that I wanted to be. Um, I was, and I was geared towards mental health and being a clinician. And so um, that was definitely a turning point and like where I was going in my social work career. Cause if you would have asked me when I was graduating um, in 2016 with my master's, like, do you think you'll ever be a child protection social worker? I would have been like, no, no way. This is not what I want to do. This is not uh, like, I think where my heart is and all of that. And then fast forward, what was it, three years later in 2019, and um, it was an opportunity to do, see the world, travel, the things that I wanted to do, but then also within this social work that I never thought I'd have an opportunity to do this career abroad, but then as a part of it that I never really saw myself having an interest in, and so that was certainly a turning point that I was like, okay, are you gonna you know, make it all work. You can't have all that. You can't have everything you want, and that's like um, always something that I remind myself is like you can't have it all ways, but you're gonna find a way to make it work. And uh, I'm so happy that I have because it's been such a beautiful experience um, so far. That's um, that we're on in such a journey, but um, that was certainly a turning point and a leap of faith. And um, I think we're still remaining faithful with the whole situation that's followed with the pandemic that we were not expecting uh, when we moved mm -hmm. here. So, um, you know, just kind of taking leaps of faith within um, things that are, you know, relevant to your life, I suppose, um, and finding a way to make it work and it's kind of how I've lived my life, I think. Lots of things, but I'm not sure it's going to work, but let's see what happens. <laughs> what I hear too is like staying open, like, because you could have been shut yourself off. Like, I don't want to work in that part of it. And then shut yourself off from this opportunity that, and yeah. not even and not travel and go to Australia. Like yeah. you've been so stuck in your ways. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I'm so glad you took that leap of faith too. Cause it's been a great, great to have you on this journey. You know, Thank sure. you. It wouldn't be the same definitely without the, um, the, program that I had and Iman and the other ladies that I've been here with. Um, we are such a, I think like they're my heart and my backbone here because we are isolated here as Americans within this pandemic and not being able to come home and not being able to have people come here. So um, it's what a journey it's been. <laughs> yes, I guess on the journey, what has been some of your challenges and how did you push through them? Um, well, certainly, I think um, something we learned, I think, what was it in our um, motivational interviewing uh, training back in grad school, we were learning that was something rolling with resistance and rolling with like kind of um, rolling with 
whatever flow is going, like you can't control everything. And so just kind of rolling with how it is. And that's been something that I think we've all just had to everyone in the world has had to learn to do all of this situation has been so out of our control within the last year and a half with um, uh, COVID. And so um, being, I think I was just thinking back of how I planned this whole journey. I was going to go and five months later, I was going to come home and had my friend's wedding and I was going to see my family and all my friends. And that was going to recharge me to then come and do the rest of this time here. And then having to push through that. And it's been so unpredictable. And, and we never, we didn't know like, okay, is it going to be different in 2021? Now, is it going to be different in 2022? Um, but not being able to do the things or and have the people and the support my family and friends from home um has been really difficult and um not only mentioning that but also coming into a really tough job and a really tough industry that's been very um emotionally taxing and um just uh such an emotional roller coaster i think in general while not having that support network that i usually lean on has been something that's been um really, really difficult. But um, again, I am so lucky with the people that I do have in my life here that, um, you know, make me feel the love and the support that I need. And I'm still getting that if I didn't have FaceTime, I didn't have, um, you know, like things like this Zoom and things to video chats, I probably already would have been home by now. And I always tell my parents that I was like, if we couldn't do this, I would probably have come home already because it's so, um, at least I get to see my family and friends and meet new people, Selena, and, and you know, see, gain, gain a new social network. Even here in Australia, we're distant from Melbourne and having to Zoom people there and, and FaceTime people. And it makes a big difference to kind of see the people that you're with and have this connection. But that's been, a, I'm such a people person and a hugger and uh, mm. like, you know, I love on people. And so that's so hard to not do that now. Yeah, it's, I'm, Zoom is super helpful. And I am going to meet some people that I've only met through Zoom. And I've been Zooming with them, I guess, for a year. And I'm like, how do I act around humans? Like, all I know is this box. And I'm like, oh my God, what does everyone look like for real? Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm like, if I'm awkward, y'all, it's, I'm sorry. I'm just sitting behind a computer. Yes, it's awkward moments. We love it. We're here for it. <laughs> but it's it's definitely like it's cool that you have those relationships that you made already for a year just through Zoom. Yeah, yeah. That, it's like I try to look at the pros and cons with things, and that's one of the pros. Like that, we technology is so advanced now. If this had happened ten years ago, we would have been dialing up or like the new letters. Letters. I forgot about letters. Here are your pigeons. Like, <laughs> right. And from Australia, I don't know if that little pigeon could have made it. So like our podcast is about success, but uh -huh. I think on that journey to success, we need to talk about failures too, because they're going to happen. They're inevitable. Um, so when's the time you felt like you failed and how did you deal with it? It wasn't necessarily like a failure, but um, I was applying to grad school at USC um, to do my master's in social work. And uh, it was already kind of just like a leap of faith. That was my, um, what was it called? Like your ideal school, like this is where I want to go, my dream school. Mm -hmm. And uh, dream programs, what I want to do. And I remember I got put on the wait list. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, that's not a no, but it's not a yes. And whatever happens, like, maybe this is just, you know, God's way of telling me not now, like keep trying again. So it's already like making plans for like, you know, if this doesn't happen, what, what's next, what are you going to do? And then you'll reapply or something. And then I will never forget this day. I don't even remember what day it was, but I would never forget the time, like where I was when I got a call, I was at my job. I was still working at my undergraduate university for a year after I um, graduated. And I got a call from USC and it was like, you're in, you're off the wait list, you're in. And I was like, ah, my God, my God, my God. So I was so excited. But then all the like anxiety set in. Cause I was like, oh my God, USC is so expensive. USC is so expensive. 
my parents had paid for my whole undergraduate university. So I knew that this was like on me, which I was so appreciative. I was like, that's okay. I will take on the burden of the financial, you know, stressors of grad school. Cause you guys already paid that. But then it was like, oh my gosh, USC is so expensive. And so um, I started to have like a, a you know, several panic attacks about like, how are you going to finance this? Also knowing that the social work um, program required you to do internships. So not really working um, and all of that. So all of this was going on through my head and I was kind of just trying to figure things out. And then I got an opportunity to go to New York for a summer to do a summer program, um, which was just such a cool, like it was a summer program through NYU working there. Um, and that was such a cool program, such a blessing because I got to see New York in such a cool way. And through that program, I got an opportunity to move to New York for the next year um, and work um, there um, actually as a like live in nanny and au pair. Um, and so I was doing that as a way to just like stack some cash, um, make money, um, while also still having this experience to at that time where I was just beginning to travel, I was like, oh my gosh, living in New York, that's traveling. Like this is cool to live in a different place. This is so cool. Um, and also make some money. I was living for free with the family. So I chose to do that, but in choosing to do that, I had to defer my acceptance to USC. And so it was all just kind of like, oh my gosh, like all these opportunities are happening, but I'm having to like kind of rearrange them and, and let go of this opportunity USC, which was such a gamble to be honest, because I, um, in deferring my acceptance, it was almost like saying, um, like it, you may not get that acceptance back. Um, and so I had to like write, uh, like letter and all this stuff and or like an essay statement of purpose or again like stating why I was doing this and all this stuff and so I was really honest just about like the financial burdens and like really needing this opportunity to you know make some um some money for myself before I came back to grad school and so um I deferred my acceptance was living in New York, um, having honestly the time of my life. And it was so much fun to live there, have that experience. And um, whew, also, yeah, what a time, my goodness. Um, and that was like my first, um, like living somewhere else opportunity other than, you know, I've always, I was living in the Bay Area to LA, but then living in New York was across the country. And so um, that was like my first experience doing that. Um, and then while I was in New York during that year, got the um, like second acceptance letter. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's all happening. It's all like, I took that again, this leap of faith and then um, kind of everything just fell into place. And then I'm so lucky that it did still. And um, so then I was able to make that money um, and then move back to Los Angeles the next summer before um, school started and then start at USC. So um, that was like a whole, like really big, like emotional roller coaster because I was letting go of so much. And it wasn't that I felt like I failed, but it was definitely like a girl, you wanted to go to USC for so long. You were waitlisted, you got in, and then now you're doing this whole like deferring your acceptance, like, and that's a big gamble. And so I was not feeling like I failed myself, but definitely feeling like, girl, are you sure this is what you need to be doing? But again, it was like, you don't really have any other option because you're freaking out about the financial aspect of this. You had a really cool opportunity and experience to live in New York. Um, and then, you know, all of that happened. So that was, uh, I think somewhere where I was just so, it was very stressful um, while it was also like a really good experience, but just very stressful. And that was um, yeah, wondering if I was failing myself, but I'm so happy it all worked out. <laughs> what would you say is like, cause it sounds like there was a lot of, um, just going for it and seeing where the chips fall. Um, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from that experience? Um, again, I had so much fun and, um, I think that Iman, you know, my life is all about fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and um not only within that fun but then also like learning a lot about myself and I think that I um like I I needed that time I really did need that time to um experience somewhere different to um like learn about myself um I I will always say like I love walking now I Iman knows I like walk all over um 
where we live and I don't have a car, I will just walk. And I'm always like, New York taught me because I was walking like all over that city, like by myself, just kind of navigating the city with my, you know, my maps on my phone and like just learning about the subway and stuff. And so that really like taught me to like, you can do things by yourself. You're okay with doing things by yourself. You're okay with exploring by yourself um, and seeing like the world. I feel like I could solo travel kind of thing, um, but I love company and I love doing things with people but I also learned just a lot about independence and doing things on my own. And I think I need that time. And so that really was like a balance for me. Like while I was kind of taking a risk, seeing where the chips fell, it really, I needed that time. And looking back, it was just kind of like, that was something that was so necessary. And so um, I've all, a lot of times when I've just kind of thrown the chips out there and see where things fall, it's been like a really necessary experience and it's led to something really great. So um, yeah, that's, I encourage everyone to do that. Sometimes just kind of see, you got to take that leap of faith. And um, a lot of my things that have happened to me, I'm kind of like, this is an idea. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but where there's a will, there's a way and I'm going to make it work. And I always seem to make it work. Yeah, it sounds like being open again to like to that experience. And then it sounds like New York living there was like the setup for you to start traveling more. And I don't think without New York, I don't think Australia would have happened because that was like, you know what I mean? It's like you have to get your feet wet, even though moving across the country is like mm -hmm. jumping in the pool, I think. But <laughs> but it's like you have to get that first step done and then you want more and more. It sounds like that's yeah. what New York was for you. Yeah, totally. It was, it was just, my parents would always say, okay, you're going to college in LA. That's just close enough, like, and whatever. And then I was moving across the state and they were like, that's far, but like, you know, that's just close enough. Like, you know, we, if something is happening, like, but I think Australia has definitely been the one where they're like, girl, you are across <laughs> the world. And I'm like, listen, I did this in New York. We can make it work. But it's like, yeah, every experience that I've had is kind of built on the last one or been like a stepping stone for all the the next experience and so yeah New York wouldn't have happened or if New York wouldn't have happened I'm not sure that Australia would have been such an easy decision yeah yeah and it's like you want more once you get a taste of that it's like I don't want to go back now like what else is there it's like you yeah. can't stop um yeah. so shifting gears a lot uh <laughs> <this is> <laughs> Oh, no, this subject. What, what is something you hope people say about you when you're not in the room? Hmm, okay. I hope people say, um, there's kind of the thing about like, okay, people won't always like remember like what you said or something, but they'll remember how you made the how they made you feel and I hope that my energy is just really like positive, really good energy. Um, yeah, like just a really happy, um, you know, vibe. And I hope that that translates into like what people would say or, or think about me is, um, I mean, it's not always like sunny days or whatever, but um, I definitely hope people feel, you know, a warmness around me or something because that's, you know, what I try to radiate out. Mm -hmm. I'm it. sure you do. Go ahead, Iman, say she you does. Do. <laughs> I can confirm it. I've been in the room with you. <laughs> um, but I guess just what's been your biggest um, like motivation up until this point, like to keep you going? Mm -hmm. um, my parents are a big motivation for me. I think they've given me so many experiences and so much um, just they've sacrificed so much to give me what I have. And so um, I, they're a big motivating force. And then also they've um, motivated me and like, I think what I'm doing, my mom, um, when she, she was adopted. And so um, I think that that was kind of a somehow motivating force intrinsically like inside to like start social work and to be a social worker, even working within the um, <clears throat> field that I'm in now. Um, and my dad is like so optimistic and so um, like just positive about life, even when things are hard and even when things are down. And so um, they are so like motivating me to like live um, 
freely and um, they also like raised my sister and I to be like independent women and so I'm just kind of like yes like let me just be out here living life optimistically looking on the bright side of things and um, like helping people because my parents also are you know just such great people so they're definitely my motivation and getting older now I'm like seeing the sacrifices they made and how I want to like continue to take care of them and stuff so Mm-hmm. Yeah. you said your dad's super optimistic was was he optimistic about the pandemic and if so can what what did he say so for everyone listening <laughs> <right side. laughs> um he I mean yeah we've been as optimistic as we can um <clears throat> actually my Iman knows my dad came with me to Australia um just to drop me off and have we had like a little father-daughter trip it was so much fun um until it wasn't Iman he got on my nerves at the end and I was like dad time to go but like we had (laughs) such a good time um he's the best and um who would have thought like we always say like dad who would have thought that that would have been like like I'm so glad that he at least came and saw Australia and did that with me because who would have thought but um, we've been trying to be as optimistic as possible. And my dad is always just kind of like, you know, better days will come. This too shall pass. Like we need to just kind of continue thinking um, positively. But I think, you know, even for the most optimistic people, this pandemic has like rocked their optimism and been like, woof, this is something that, you know, we're still still dealing with, still, still so unsure about. And, um, you know, how do you stay optimistic? within this, but I, I try to just, um, my dad is really like, um, he's been the person, like, I may not have the most money, but I'm wealthy and rich in love. And I think that, um, the things that, you know, still remaining, um, having that positivity and that love, you know, however it's shown to you from those around you is something that's key within this pandemic, because, um, we all are so, you know, alone and dealing with this, you know, so siloed and like by ourselves. But if you're still, you know, telling those around you that you that they you love them and um, still, you know, talking to the people that you care about, if you can, um, like through social media, through Zoom, through phone, you know, whatever, that's been so good. And so um, I think my dad's always just like, he recharges me. Like whenever I talk with him, it's just kind of like a recharge. And I'm always just kind of like, oh, that's, you know, so even from so far away, like, and see, this is the kind of thing that I want people to be saying about me when I'm not in the room, like these kind of (laughs) things. My dad is just such, he's a Libra. And I think he's such a balancing force in my life, you know, like the really, um, so yeah, such a good guy. Love you, daddy. (laughs) Shout out to dad. Shout out to dad. Yeah, it's so important to, just as you were talking, it's so important to have those people in your life that you can go to just to get that recharge. I know that there's certain people, um, as much as I love them, like conversations can be very draining. So like having those people that you can be like, all right, I know after this conversation, I'm going to feel lighter. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to feel like I'm in a better space. Um, Yeah. 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 We need each other. Like, can't make it by ourselves uh, <laughs> um so uh shifting gears a little bit again so they say your inner circle is super important and like we said we need each other but what what are the qualities that the people in your circle have to have or they're out um the ability to have <laughs> what so do you have such a diverse circle, I feel like? I do have a good circle, but you know what? Something that I feel like my circle has, we all, everyone has to have the ability to have a good key key and a good laugh because I feel like laughter is medicine, like in like such, you know, kind of like soul quenching, um, like thirst kind of medicine. And um, so I do have such a diverse group of friends, but one thing I can guarantee is that whoever I'm with, I've had a good, you know, laugh with, or we're able to have jokes or um, we're always saying in Australia, like good banter. (laughs) And so just like, you know, um, I think I am a very upbeat person. Iman knows I'm very like upbeat, very lively, um, very fun. Hopefully people think I'm fun, Um, but I know I'm having fun. (laughs) And, 
And so I think, yeah, that's something that it's important that the people that I'm are in my close circle, we can have, you know, laughter or, you know, jokes, even when things are hard. Sometimes it's like, I'm always like, guys, we need to just laugh it off to keep from crying because this stuff is getting serious. They're like, our work is sometimes really intense and really serious. And so it's like, guys, sometimes we just need to have a joke about something because this is, you know, to like comedic relief is necessary. Um, so yeah, laughter is good and laughter is important in my close friendships. Yeah. Nice. What would you say is your, like the best piece of advice that you've been given? Hmm. Let me see. I think, let me see. I like wrote some things down. So I was like, um, <laughs> this is a question that we're going to come to. Um, <laughs> Um, my dad, my dad is like the king of like zingers and liners and just all these little things and stuff. But he, sometimes, um, we would say like, you have to be your own biggest fan and like your own, um, cheerleader, because if you won't, who will. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of always been that, like, you know what I mean? Like believing that I can do something, even like when I, cause we all have our own, um, critic and self-critic and like you know, things in our head telling us that we can't. And from being, working in the mental health field, I've learned some people's, you know, inner critic is much stronger than others even. So it's not that everyone can just be like their own biggest cheerleader or like, you know, even how are they're trying to tell yourself affirmations or things that's not always working as easy it is, as it is for me. And so I, I recognize that with others, but something for me is that you really do have to be in your, your, cor your own corner. And, um, you know, if you're not going to be someone positive telling yourself, like, you know, you can do this and you can, um, you know, sometimes you're not always sure how it's going to work, but like, give it a try. And like, you know, telling yourself that then maybe there won't be anyone else, you know, doing that for you. And so at least you can start with you and being there for yourself and being like a, a fan of yourself. Yeah. Be your own fan. I love that. I like that's such a good um, point. There is a quote I saw a couple of days ago and I'm probably going to mess it up, but it was basically saying like, treat yourself like someone you love. So I feel like we're really good at supporting our friends and having those words of encouragement, but sometimes not doing that for ourselves. So I think that's a really good point. I know sometimes that negative thought happens, but I can give so much positivity to other people, but then I'm like, all right, Iman, you have to give that back to yourself. Mm -hmm. So. Sure. Yeah, I saw a quote. What I saw years ago, and then they just popped in my head. You know how it'll just pop in your head, like for no reason. And it was like, I will never betray you. Like I'll never betray myself. And I was like, I love that language of it. Like because when you talk bad to yourself or you treat yourself like shit, we said we weren't gonna cuss. Um, <laughs> that's like a betrayal to yourself you're not honoring yourself um it, I think it's tricky too because uh we know ourselves in and out like stuff that no one else sees and so it's easy to criticize ourselves because it's like I don't see all you 24 7 you know so it's easy for me to uh boost you up but if I saw you 24 7 I probably would say <laughs> like oh girl that part <laughs> so I think that's what makes it a um challenging to be really kind to ourselves because we know so much more than the average person knows about ourselves but we just gotta be our biggest own biggest cheerleader biggest fan and be in our own corner I love that so much it's a good reminder because we forget mm -hmm. yeah um like I mentioned before our show is about success Mm -hmm. But how do you define success and when are you the happiest? Ooh, okay. How do I define success? Um, success is kind of a, woo, that's, you know, subjective, isn't it? It means something different for everyone. And like some people measure it monetarily. Some people measure it, um, you know, with the amount of things that they have, people in their life, um, especially nowadays, people are measuring it by the amount of likes and followers that they have and social media and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, success is when you're doing things that make you feel good. And um, I think it, it's a, yeah, a measure of like how it's making you feel. If it's, if it's making you feel good, wow, what a success that was. And um, 
yeah, I just a lot of even things that you might imagine like might be a success and then it doesn't make you feel so great. You're like, Ooh, that wasn't so successful. And so I think it really is measuring like, um, on like an emotional scale of like, how are you feeling? And, and then that takes some, um, you know, emotional intelligence and awareness to be like, how am I feeling right now? Um, and so it goes, you may have the you know, a job where you're making so much money and everything, but if it's making you feel really bad and it's not making you feel at your, your happiest, then is that really successful? Is that really success for you? Um, and maybe, you know, redefining what that success is for you. So, um, yeah, your, your own mental health, your own happiness and, and well-being is worth so much more than what people often classify as success. Um, and so I would challenge people to think about like, you know, how is this really making you feel and, um, that let that go into so many, how is this relationship making me feel? How is this, um, work environment making me feel? How is, you know, anything in your life, you know, how is it making your insides feel gushy and mushy and like the good stuff that you want or, um, that, that is success for me. And yeah. I often get that after Iman knows after a shopping trip, going to the mall. And if it's a good shopping day and everything, I'm like, Ooh, what a success. Oh my gosh. That was a success today. I'm feeling very accomplished. That was good. So, you know, it's that you can feel that kind of goodness. Then what a success. Are there other emotional indicators other than like, can I, how can I explain it? Like just are there, cause some people, even an emotion like anger, even though we're not talking about anger that I heard someone say, you know, they didn't know they were angry, but they'll feel it. Their chest will feel heavy or they'll be like shaken, but mentally, like they can't articulate that. So even, so if it makes you feel good, are there other indicators other than like, you know, like the obvious ones, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Am I saying it? Like maybe some chills. I don't know. Chills might not be the right word, especially in this climate. But um. Yeah. Um, and that's a really good point because it's like you're often talking about feelings, but especially if you're not good at talking about feelings and like your emotions and all of that, sometimes it's really like the, um, and we learn this within like social work and everything and the clinical stuff, like the, how is your body responding and how is your, um, you know, your physical responses to things. Um, and I think we, we talked about earlier, sometimes things are like a breath of fresh air Um, And so sometimes if I'm feeling like really like refreshed or something, or even just kind of like that burst of energy, natural energy, like that's something that's a success for, you know, myself often again, after a good shopping trip, it's like, oh, that was successful. That was, I'm feeling, you know, the serotonin and everything in your brain is like going and this is good. Um, But um, yeah, I think, what do you guys think make, like, how do you feel when you feel good? Like, do you know what I'm so describing? Yeah, no, like with me, because now I understand it, but I want to say like a few years back, I would feel kind of like what Selena was saying, certain ways and not understand why. So what I started doing is I would start journaling. Like if I felt stress, like I would journal everything that happened that day. And I started to find patterns of like, these are the things that make me stressed. These are the things that made me happy. And I actually made... Um, I like lists, you guys. So I made a list of all the things that made me happy. And whenever I felt the way that I felt when I was doing those things, that was kind of my measure of like, okay, like this is bringing me happiness. This is bringing me joy in this moment. Um, But I'm very like, I can be very logical. So for me, I was like, I need a list. I need like something to measure it against. But now I'm able to just recognize it like, okay, this is something that's bringing me a lot of peace in this moment. Um, so your happiness feel and joy feels like peace, like a calmness mm-hmm. inside, yeah. internal. And light, yeah. That's like such an like answer. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like when I go, you know, I love the ocean. So if I go to the ocean, that if I get that same feeling from something else, I'm like, okay, like this is something that's bringing me joy. Yeah. I'm trying to, it, it takes work, right? And like, and like evaluating and taking some inventory. And like you said, you had to journal. So I'm still there, like trying to see what, how I feel when I do X, Y, Z, what that feels like. Um, after I teach a class, I feel good because I 
I feel like I might not feel so great before I go in. And that's, I'm just saying this as an example. And so when I leave, I feel energetic, elevated, um, like smiling. And I'm like, oh, like, like bouncing around. And that's, um, to me, that's like one of the best feelings. And that's when I know whatever I just did was good for me and my spirit. And um, that's a big indicator. So yeah, and even like some people you talk to, rather than a breath of fresh air, I'll, I'll feel energized after the conversation and I'll wanna go do something else. And like, it's contagious and let it, and go make someone else feel like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's an important thing to like take a monitor the monitor your feelings and because sometimes I'll get upset and I'm like, what happened? I don't know what happened today. And it can manifest in so many different ways. And it's not always intellectual. Like my brain is not like, I'm sad, I'm happy, but like it'll just come down. <laughs> it'll be somewhere else in my body. I think I'm still trying to gauge. But yeah, I think the I think it's worth the work if we remember to do it um, for our well being in the long run, and it might evolve. I don't know, but I think it's an important point. Yeah, something that gets your endorphins going. It sounds like that's all I had to say. Something mm-hmm. like it gets my <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> It's, I love the way that you put it, but it's also, yeah, it's just like what you were saying, like, yeah, when your endorphins get going and, and yeah, 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 good that, feeling, good vibes radiating out. I believe in frequencies and people are sending out like, you know, their energies and their frequencies and some people are vibrating at higher frequency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I don't think any, I don't know about everybody because some people are super evolved, but like everyone's not going to feel good energy all the time. And like, I think it's good to give people grace and forgiveness. I know people have given it to me when I radiate some negative energy, some bad energy. And I have, cause we're human. I think it's like not to go on like a rant, but you know, it's like this thing where we always have to be positive. And I think that's just not, it's not for the average person, very realistic. Yeah. So anyway, nobody has to follow that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess just going off of that though because um Lydia you do have like a very positive outlook on things like how do you like how do you maintain that is there something that you do like daily or like how do you keep it going I know that especially with our job there's been times where it's very hard to be positive in those moments so um, ooh, and yeah, our job especially has challenged me, that's for sure. But I think that um, honestly, being within all of the fields and the work that I've done, um, being able to see people at really low lows or that are disadvantaged or that have a really um, like disadvantaged, you know, cards that they've been dealt in life. Um, mm-hmm. And like you never want to compare your life or like devil, the compare devil comparison is the devil or like a happiness or something or like the, you know what I'm what is that what's that you know comparison is the thief of joy the thief of yes the thief of happiness or something like that yeah 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 well um so you never want to like compare but I think that and seeing other people's lives has really always reminded me of like what I have and how lucky I am and um just things like that and so um yeah I it's all about perspective it's all about perspective and I think that I have just from the jobs that I've had the experiences that I have coming from my own family um the things that I've seen it's so given given me a lot of insight and perspective into how you know badly things can be 
but in saying that you have to, again, give yourself grace. Cause it's like, just because things could be worse are worse for someone else. Doesn't mean that the things I'm going through aren't valid for me, or I don't have a right to have these feelings or whatever. But I do, you know, acknowledge that there are people that have it so much worse than me. And, um, so that's really, you know, having just an attitude of gratitude is how I really try to live my life and, um, mm -hmm. recognizing that, you know, things might be bad, but you still have so many things to be grateful for and so many things to be happy about. And so I think just, you know, whether when you wake up, when you go to sleep, just thinking about one thing that you are really grateful for that you happened to you that day or something that you're happy that happened and experience that happened that you're positive about. So um, that's something that really helps me to continue to even within the bad times. And there's a lot, even within work, it's like, Ooh, was there anything good that happened today? Or like <laughs> anything that I feel positively about, but sometimes it's like, you know, um, not related to work or something, you know, my plants, like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that my plants are sprouting. Like, you know, that's really exciting for me today. And even within the, all the, you're so far from home, you're homesick, work sucked today, your plants are sprouting. So why don't you just be grateful about that and have a little bit of happiness and, and joy about that. So um, you just have to look on the bright side about something because, and smile about something because the world can be really dark and you need to, um, remind yourself of the little bits of light that shine in. Yeah, love it. Me too. Um, do you have any other questions, Iman? Um, you asked it earlier, but I don't know if we got a response. When are you the happiest? Oh, um, when am I the happiest? Um, At the mall? No, sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's probably, um, probably happy. Um, when I'm like just like dancing around, I think that especially lately, I have my own personal dance parties. And so um, that is a definitely a time where I realize that even within myself, like I'm by myself, I'm just dancing by myself and I'm like catching myself like, dang girl, you are getting it right now. You are so happy. You are in the zone right now. And so I think that just even lately when there's not that much to be happy about, that's something that's made me feel happy. And even just dancing with friends, going to parties, going out, dancing. Um, I loved in Cuba, when I went to Cuba, people are dancing in the streets and just like there's so much music and culture and stuff. I, I love that vibe and everything. So um, I think that definitely when I'm, dancing stuff having a good time that's when I'm feeling happy even when I'm by myself trying to keep things upbeat and very much my personality so yeah I, oh, there's okay. like a saying there's like a saying like you can't choose the music life throws at you but you can choose how you dance to it and so I think that's very um like reflective of right now is like we can't and this is so outside of our control, but like how you respond to things and how, you know, you choose to, to dance to it in life is so important. So true. I love that. I haven't heard that saying, but I like it. Uh, right. This is the first time I've heard it. Um, yeah. Melita, what's the last song you were getting jiggy with? Okay. I'm not that old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the last song you had a dance party with? Oh my gosh. Um, just before we started, um, I still listen to the radio in New York through like iHeartRadio and all like my apps mm -hmm. and stuff. And then they're doing a 24 hours of Drake because he just um, got that album. Got the album. That's like all Drake all day. So I girl, and it was like the old stuff, the new stuff, party Drake, real rap Drake, mixtape Drake. So I was just, and Drake is like my super poppy. He's like my baby daddy so drake <laughs> love you certified lover boy everybody stream it <laughs> um, and then tomorrow's beyonce's birthday or today in australia but tomorrow in america is beyonce's birthday and so beyonce and drake are like my top two so what a uh, weekend for music this will be i will be dancing all weekend i'm a huge beyonce fan too um she gets me like i feel like I had to write a list, a happy list for days when I'm like, if I'm down or whatever, because I forget when those moments when I'm down, like, wait a minute, what makes me happy? Beyonce? Oh, okay. But I'll forget. But I put her song on and I'm like, get information. Like, I'm just like, lock it up, Suzanne. And I just, I, was like, I can't, I love it. I love it. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you shared that tidbit of like what music got you pumped, like 
I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Iman has those dance parties too, and I have those. Yeah, they're so fun. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Just do what you do. Yeah. Get a little sweaty, get, get pumped. I mean, I guess sweaty. <laughs> I'm in the shower. My dance parties in the shower are just intense. And so that's a big, I'm always <laughs> too hot in the shower. Like really? I can't, I can't shower dance. without listening to music, and it's always a dance party. Really? It's a twerk party. Yes, girls twerking <laughs> in the shower all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with the listeners? Um, let's see. Um, Some advice. Everyone, I think. Um, I think no matter, especially when we're in like an international zone, we're in like a new space and everything, and it's very diverse, mm-hmm. people from all over. And what I always try to remember is that we may not all speak the same language, but a smile is universal. And if you just kind of like smile at someone and have like a happier face, they're gonna already feel like some warmth and good energy from you rather than if you're like frowning or, you know, resting bitch face, whatever. And so just trying to remember to smile, um, just so difficult when you're wearing a mask all the time and everything. Like try to smile you if you can with your eyes. <laughs> you can still smile, and people. I feel like people can. I'm always like smiling under my mask, like a dumbass. Like people can't see me, but I'm like <laughs> smiling at people. But um, I think that people can. It still like radiates a good energy out and everything. And um, I think that if we just remember to smile at people, sometimes you know that makes people's day. Yeah. Look. Wait. Am I smiling? Yeah, it's like like using the mask as a cover to show that I'm laughing or like you know when I'm like laughing at something but I'm like oh my god they probably tell I'm laughing Um, my biggest problem with the mask is I talk to myself under it but it's like Selena they can still hear you I'm like okay I need like mask mess me up but can you tell I got an attitude it's, it's, it's here it's here too like if you're frowning and everything uh-huh. people are gonna yeah yeah when you're teaching little kids to like identify like what who's an angry face who's a happy face like it's you know the angry eyes and everything and stuff but if you really like yeah smiling at people having good energy it goes a long way this went so fast I feel like oh my gosh like, I can't believe time's up Dang it. Any other I couldn't hear you, Melita. I'm sorry. I was saying you guys are the best. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. I'm such a fan. How honored am I to be on you plus happy? This is so cool. We're honored. I am. I'm so glad I got to meet you, even if it's just through Zoom. I'm impressed with the dedication you guys have to, like, you have, it's so much, and you guys are so um, dedicated to it and put so much into it, and and also, like, the whole purpose of it is to, like, radiate good energy and happiness and positivity, Mm -hmm. so I am so in support of that message. Thank you. I hope you felt good here. And then also on the 9th is when the show is released. So um, it'll be a big week of releases. I'm so excited. What show? What? I'm uh, on like a a show called Frogger on Peacock. And it's like a um, game show, obstacle course type of show that I filmed while I was here in Australia. So it's streaming on Peacock starting on the ninth so you have to watch and you have to cheer for me girl <laughs> i am we're leaving that part in okay <laughs> Pe- every got peacock everywhere now hey girl. Well, i don't oh know gosh, if they have the same things on peacock everywhere except for australia we're having to figure out how we can get it here but i'm sure that where there's a will there's a way a leap yeah. of faith yeah. we're gonna find yeah. it i'm gonna send y'all some dvds <laughs> vhs i'm gonna try to record it on VHS. <laughs> Do those still exist? <laughs> My friend told me his grandmother was cleaning up and gave him waiting to exhale on VHS. Oh, yes. That is worth big dollars now, probably. It's just like, what? <laughs> Where? How? You can't play it. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no. What's the name of the show again on Peacock? Called Frogger. It's, do you know the game? Uh, the um, arcade game Frogger. 
where you like try to get across the like freeway um, or across the logs and get your frogs to safety. It's like an old eighties game. And so I haven't heard of it before you told me about it either. It's like a, what was like a game, arcade game that we're like Pac-Man, like one of those kind of games, like they have it there. And then um, it was like a computer game and everything, but huge in the eighties. And then they made it a real life people size game show. And another thing that was so outside my comfort zone um, and took a leap of faith and had such a good experience. So took some leaps literally. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you, put you on production. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I was being ridiculous. I had a Red Bull before this recording and it shows. All right. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for having me, guys. Sure. We're going to close out. And um, again, thank you, Melita, for sharing your time with us and inspiring our listeners to redefine success for themselves. And thank you, listeners. We could not do this without you. Remember to hit like, comment, and share this episode. Please leave a review. We always want to hear your feedback. Remember, you can subscribe at You Plus Happy Podcast. We're also available on YouTube, and you can follow us on Instagram at You Plus Happy. We'll see you next week, same time, same place. And we ask our guest, Melita, to say our tagline, which is this long. We'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. We'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. Hey. Hey. Remember to check out Melita on Froggers on Pink Hey. Hey. Yes. Thank you so much, guys.